We plant corn in Iowa, spray soybeans in Illinois. We pull calves in Kansas, farrow hogs in Minnesota. We raise rice in Arkansas, rye in Canada, and wheat everywhere in between. We farm millions of acres across North America and build every piece of Case IH equipment. Built by farmers, for farmers. Case IH. Rethink productivity. John Deere to New Holland. Just look at the load I'm hauling. Hard work, I hit it harder. Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer. Sun up to sundown. Backing up traffic all the way to town. Camo hat and a farmer's tan. Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Case IH. If it has the name Case IH on it, it was built by farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity. It's episode eight, and we'll take you to the Mid-America Trucking Show for outtakes from U.S. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow's keynote address. I'll also talk with folks from the SiriusXM show Landline Now and a representative of the nation's largest organization for independent trucking owner-operators. We'll talk crop science with Lynn Justison, and we'll head to the legendary Ernest Tubb record shop to spend time with the coal miner's granddaughter, Taylor Lynn. You won't want to miss it. Let's go. First up, on March 29th, U.S. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow appeared at the Mid-America Trucking Show in Louisville to announce that the DOT will advance the Hours of Service Regulation Reform Rule in response to pleas from the trucking industry to bring more flexibility to the decade-old regs. Her speech was interrupted by a power failure and a fire alarm, but in the end, she delivered the news that many truckers had been waiting to hear. I'm pleased to announce today that the department is moving forward with the next step, which is a notice of proposed rulemaking regarding Hours of Service rules. This notice of proposed rulemaking on hours of service was just sent to the Office of Management and Budget for review. And what this means is I can't say very much while the rule is under consideration. So I can't go into the details, but let me note that the Department understands the strong interest in increasing flexibility and is giving it serious consideration. This week, U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue said his office is closely watching the hours of service reform process and said the USDA is working with the DOT on a solution that will bring some relief to those hauling livestock and perishable goods. The current hours of service regulations are viewed as onerous and often cause major headaches for those hauling shipments that can't sit for long periods of time, such as livestock in extreme heat or cold. Livestock haulers currently have an exemption, but that will run out on September 30th. Industry advocates are pushing for a permanent, equitable solution. We've been working with the Federal Motor Carriers Department of Transportation for over a year in that issue. They have some proposed rules coming out that will better define agricultural products and agricultural exemptions. And hopefully by this summer we can see some resolution of some of those hours of service issues over the electronic logging devices. 
And now I'd like to bring in Louis Pugh, the vice president of the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association based in Grain Valley, Missouri, to talk a bit about these issues. He and I had a chance to sit down and talk at length about them at the Mid-America Trucking Show. But now that he's had a couple of weeks to think about them and talk with some of the OIDA members about where they stand on things, wanted to have him back on to discuss. So, Louis, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I mean... We were excited to get the announcement at Louisville. We were hoping for a little more. We were hoping they'd tell us what they were actually planning on doing with hours of service. But unfortunately, government works slow um, a little bit. They've got policy procedures just like everybody. OMB is where you have to send a rule before you can announce it as a notice of proposed rulemaking. Um, For those who don't know, that's the Office of Management and Budget, um, which is part of the presidential oversight of any kind of information. Or, but anyway, I mean, the good thing is uh, Administrator Martinez has been telling us all along that they weren't going to mess around. They were going to try to do something with hours of service. And after about a year of gaining information and doing, you know, talks with truckers all around the country and having town halls, they've come up with some stuff. They tell us we're going to be happy. I don't know whether we will or not, but, I mean, at least they are doing something. The ball's a lot farther down the field than it was six months ago well and for all the issues that you guys uh, send folks to capitol hill to, to kind of stump for uh, so, some don't gain much traction this one uh, it eventually seems like it will gain some traction how good does it feel to know that they, they are at least listening and they are at least considering uh, so, some of what you guys are proposing i think it feels real good i mean i know there's some people in the trucking industry and probably some people in the farming community have trucks a little frustrated with all this ELD, and it's been very frustrating. But for somebody who's been in a trucking business like myself for about 20, 25 years, it seems to be this is the first time it seems like at least they're listening. I personally have met with uh, Administrator Martinez four or five times. He came to a truck show that we had last year in Joplin, Missouri, with OIDA, and met with truckers, did a town hall, and I've been had town halls all over the country. And every time I met with Administrator Martinez, he always kept saying, reach out to your members, tell your members to make comments on this hours of service thing. We want to hear from the drivers. We want to know what the problem is and what we need to do to fix it. Now, again, we don't know what's coming out, but, I, you know, I trust anybody that try to do me wrong, and I, at least he's trying. When, when you talk about uh, making comments, one of the things that the uh, – uh, the, the organization is looking at doing right now that the, the uh, Department of Transportation, the FMCSA, is looking at doing right now is looking for comments on how they uh, classify what is an agricultural commodity. Uh, how closely are you following that, and why is that important for folks to make sure that they have their voices heard in this matter? Well, to be honest with you here at OIDA, we are following that, and we would like to see that done because i mean we do have a lot of members who either are farmers or they or they just haul ag commodities i mean they have ag truck businesses kind of they all grain fertilizer whatever you know so we do have a lot of members that do this kind of thing and you know the ag commodities is just such a gray area it doesn't there's no good definition you know so we're we're hoping they come out with specifics that these are what ag commodities actually are. So it takes all the gray area out with the cop on the roadside because, unfortunately, that's where a lot of this stuff comes is the cop on the roadside. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we want to see it. 
And, you know, I was at CVSA last week, which is a lot of cops. And even at CVSA, the cops, they would like to see some. They don't like gray areas on the roadside either. They like black and white, too, you know. As much as some people aren't fans, the officers do like to have their laws in black and white, just like we like to have the laws in black and white. And we love the law enforcement officers that, that, that listen here, but uh, uh, I can usually tell you, at least from my own personal experience, when it's a, a, a gray area, it usually never turns out in, in your favor. Exactly. Yeah, if they've got you know, you don't want them to have to make the decision. We want to know what the rules are already. That's the, you're correct. If they got to make the choice, it's generally not in your favor. <laughs> so, so if it uh, if folks want to weigh in on that, where can they go? Well, they should write. I mean, my opinion right now is reach out to your congressman and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and tell them what's going on, and, and let them know and ask it, and you know, tell them about this issue of agricultural commodities, and that we want that changed. You know, write letters to FMCSA and, and weigh in with FMCSA. That's the two places. It's going to probably come from FMCSA, but I would not only write FMCSA, but I would write your congressman, especially those people in the ag areas. You know, I mean. Uh, a lot of congressional staffers that are in agricultural rural areas. That's something that should be near and dear to their heart. So as we sit here and talk, what are some of the other issues right now that folks in the ag industry should be paying attention to specific to trucking? I think the big thing that the ag people better be paying attention to is the hours of service because, you know, right now they've got the 150-mile exemption and they can operate. They don't have to have an ELD. They don't even have to keep a log. They can, you know, they have the harvest times, which most of the country anymore, harvest times are year-round. There's only a couple states, and I can't tell you off the top of my head what they are that aren't year-round pretty much on that kind of harvest mm-hmm. exemption. But the 150-mile radius exemption, the livestock exemption, I, it's going to be interesting to see because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pushback, especially from law enforcement. I heard it at CBSA this time and the last time. But they want to do away with some of these exemptions that the ag industry gets because, you know, they, as long as you stay within 150 mile range, you pretty much do what you want. And yeah. A lot of the law enforcement want to stop that. They want them to fall under hours of service. With these new hours of service, we have no idea what all is going to come to the pike. And some of these exemptions that ag people are getting... They may lose these in the new hours of service, depending on how they're changed. Yeah. Now, when you talk about the livestock haulers, that one is in effect through, I understand, September 30th as part of the last budget bill. Uh, do you think there's any possibility that they get a, a, a long-term stay, or where do you see that going? I hear talk that they are going to get a long-term stay. In fact, I think I was reading a long, too long, just a couple few days ago. I've been out of the office for about eight days because I went to Louisville and then straight to CVSA and then out of meeting. And I just got back in this week. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but again, I think a lot of that's going to come down to what the new hours of service are, how much flexibility that they put in the new hours of service. You know, I mean, the livestock haulers, they have great advocacy in D.C., which is fantastic. But that's, if they get enough flexibility in these hours of service, that whole ELD exemption for the livestock community may go right out the window. For sure. Well, Louie, we'll definitely stay on top of that and check back in with you later. Uh, one of the things you were telling me when we did a little Facebook Live hit from the Mid-America Trucking Show is that uh, you actually had a little familiarity uh, with Fastline and the Fastline catalogs. Yes, that is correct. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm in southeastern Ohio. Uh, we raised 
uh, beef cattle and club lambs. And then my grandfather and uncle, they had a dairy farm also in southeastern Ohio. But when we were kids, my grandpa and them would take us down to Louisville every year to the National Machinery Show for the tractor pool and and stuff. And me and my cousin, we'd cousin, we'd run around and we'd gather up the fast line. That's the first place I ever saw fast line. And we would gather up that fast line magazine and at night to the motel and on the car ride home, we would... Uh, We'd be going through fast lines, picking out farm tractors and machinery that we thought we needed as kids. That you know, spending money that our grandfathers and fathers didn't have, but we, we thought we were big time. That's funny. <laughs> that that is a great story, man. And I'm sure glad you told it to us because uh, as I travel the country, I hear more and more of those stories. And uh, we we just want to encourage people who are listening. Uh, if you're not paying attention to the catalogs, uh, make sure you're picking those up or go out and check us out at fastline.com and. If you're in the market for any kind of farm equipment, uh, make sure you check it out, or heavy construction equipment, e- even some heavy trucks. You know, that's uh, uh, one of our top-searched uh, items is uh, tractors for uh, hauling. So uh, we want to make sure you're checking those out. But, Louie, we sure do appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fastline Fast Track. And we want to stay with you on these uh, uh, on some of these changes and, and uh, things that are important to, to folks in the trucking industry. I appreciate it, and if you, if you don't mind... Anybody out there that's listening, if you have any questions or regulation questions or anything out there, I mean, we urge you to be a member, of course, but if it's a quick question or something, even if you're not a member, feel free to call in at 816-229-5791 or look us up on ooida.com, and, you know, we'll we'll help you get an answer, you know. Like I said, we encourage anybody and everybody to be a member. We That's the way we get things done in Washington, and trucking and farming, there's a lot of cross crossovers and so you know i urge anybody if you have any kind of regulation questions or federal like that don't hesitate to call even if you're not a member excellent and louie we sure appreciate your time and uh we'll, we'll look to uh, our next conversation i appreciate it brent if there's anything else we can do don't hesitate to call all right thank you so much that's louie Pugh, the vice president of the owner operator independent drivers association of grain valley missouri also, while at the Mid-America Trucking Show, I had the opportunity to spend some time with Mark Reddick, the host of Landline Now, an OIDA-produced show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio's Road Dog Trucking Radio. You can catch them Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Channel 146. Back on Fast Line Fast Track at the Mid-America Trucking Show in Louisville, Kentucky, the Kentucky Exposition Center. We've got a special guest with me here. It's Mark Redding, who's the host of Landline Now on Road Dog Trucking Radio, Sirius XM. Mark, welcome to Fast Line Fast Track. Well, thank you very much for having me. Hey, so you guys have a great show that you guys really keep truckers plugged in with the hot-button issues of the moment and give them a lot like fast line fast track the tools that they need to do their job to make money save money save time really understand their vocation better absolutely and i mean a lot of it is with trekking it's not just an, a, a vocation it's a lifestyle and so we've got a lot to cover there but you still need to know how to use technology not just in terms of the engine and the truck but these days uh, with load boards with uh, elds you've got to have some understanding of computers uh, you know, you really need to have a smartphone and a good one with the right apps on it. Um, but at the same time, you've got a book of regulations thick enough that if you rolled it up and hit a dog across the nose with it, you'd kill the poor thing. But you're supposed to know every one of those regulations. It, it really is something where there's a lot of information. But our job is, you know, first of all, getting information together, getting it out to people, 
taking part in the OOIDA mission of representing truckers' rights and uh, you know, making sure people have the tools they need to have a good life and to be successful. And in that, you guys have built quite a kinship with truck drivers. Sitting here, uh, just watching things going on at the booth here at the show, you just had a steady stream of guys who really get plugged into what you're doing. You know, it, it's very heartening to come here because most of the year we don't get to see these folks. There's someone that maybe calls on the phone occasionally, uh, we talk to on Facebook, but here we actually get to see people face to face. And we have folks that just come up and say, hey, listen, I, I listened to your show and thank you for what you're doing. And the first thing I say is thank you for what you're doing. We really appreciate that, you know, you go to a grocery store shelf and your stuff got there. I mean, you're covering the agriculture. Well, a farmer had to grow it and a trucker had to ship it. Otherwise, we don't get it. And I think it's important to have a conscious appreciation of what these folks are doing. The other thing is in our society, not a lot of people really are thankful and really appreciate what they do. So uh, I certainly be one of the pe people, want to be one of the people that tells them how important what they do is. So covering the ag industry, we have a lot of grain haulers, livestock haulers who listen to the program. What are some of the issues that these guys should be paying attention to these days? Well, especially, and, and of course a lot of them already are paying attention to, but electronic logging devices and the hours of service has really become an issue and uh, a lot of the focus has been on the ag haulers, especially those hauling live animals of any kind. Um, you, you can't just stop and sit there for 10 hours, especially if you're in extreme heat or cold or you're going to have a truckload of, of dead creatures. So um, this has become a real rallying cry among those agricultural haulers and uh, hopefully we're going to see something with the hours of service pretty soon out of the FMCSA that will provide some relief on a number of fronts and in the meanwhile we do have some action in Congress there have been some uh, exemptions and extensions granted to ag haulers uh, we hopefully see those continue but honestly their problems are all others truckers problems in a sense no it's not one size fits all but then again that's the problem everybody shares it's not one size fits all so we'd certainly like to see relief across the industry and uh, uh, so that's a very very big issue and I think also you know when I look at some of the ag haulers out there they're driving um, they're driving older trucks they're driving used trucks they might be driving glider kits glider kits have become a big issue um, you know, we're not sure if we're going to have a situation where many of those can be produced. And for those folks that need that option of something that is easier and lower cost to run, losing that's going to be a really big deal. And if we start having some tighter environmental regulation that starts knocking some of these older trucks out of use, I don't think that's going to happen, but there's certainly people that want it to happen. And so Truckers need to get involved and let people know, talk to their representatives and make them understand why this is important to them and how these things affect them. Uh, trucking is a razor thin margin business. So when they start taking away the options that make it work for small business people, they're really making a choice. I mean, to me, that's a form of corporate welfare for big corporations at the expense of the small business people. That's not right. And as you were saying that, that was exactly the thing I was thinking of. As input costs rise for farming, as they have pressures for tariffs, from the weather, from everything else, these guys who haul, that's, that's the last thing they need right now. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, and that's one of the things that we focus on is trying to make sure that these folks have the options, trying to make sure that, that there are services they have. 
I mean, you know, if you're working for a big carrier, you've got someone at that office that's going to handle a lot of your safety program. They're going to handle permits and licensing for you. Um, you know, hopefully, if they're doing it right, they are. And so we try and offer a lot of that stuff at OYDA. We try and let people know, here's how you can do it. Here are things that maybe it's better to look for a company to take care of this for you. Um, you know, how do you do this if you do want to do it? What are your options? Um, and, and that's an overall mission that we share with other parts of OOYDA. The foundation's got an entire series of online education uh, courses that they've put out for years. They've got three courses just on dealing with the IRS. And that's just, you know, dipping a toe in the pool, so to speak. So, um, but you know, dealing with the hours of service, dealing with how do you spec out a used truck? How do you spec out a new truck? What type of truck do you want for what operation? Specking out a trailer that you want to buy and, and what you're going to haul or what options? Um, how do you find a good niche to work in in trucking? These are all issues that are very important uh, for people getting into the business or who want to try to fill a different niche within that business. Um, there is so much that we could report on. We will never get all the stories on the air. So we try and get a good wide variety so we can fill as many needs as we possibly can. You guys do such a great job on this show on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And you're also into podcasting. That's something that I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, once the show's done there, the show doesn't end. So people can check it out online. Absolutely. 6 a.m. Eastern every morning. The show from the previous day goes on podcast. And you can get that at landlinenow.com. We're on all the major podcasting apps, uh, either for iPhone or Android. But the easiest place is just to go to our website again, landlinenow.com. And uh, we've also got a complete archive of our shows going all the way back. Uh, we started this back in June of last year, but we also have some other podcasts from before that. Um, but every day we're going to put out a new one, five days a week on, on the podcast. And uh, with having the archive there, you can also go back. If there's something that maybe you missed or you want to refer back to, you know, with Landline Magazine, they've always been able to just pick up an old issue and look it up. But with radio, it's here and gone. With the podcast, they can go back to a show that they heard a month ago, look it up, and find the information they're looking for. So we're hoping that this is going to provide another way for these folks to get the information that they need. And, uh, and the other thing is we certainly hope they'll call us and let us know if there's some other kind of information or some other kind of story that they need to hear information about. Uh, we always appreciate the public input, whether it comes to us email, phone call, or social media. Well, Mark Redding with uh, Landline Now. Uh, Owada has always been a great partner of ours. Uh, you've been very helpful in helping us explain to our readers and listeners the uh, uh, the ins and outs of the trucking industry and regulations and the, the topics that we need to be paying attention to. So we appreciate that. And uh, we want to keep in touch with you guys uh, as we head down the road. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We'd love to keep in touch with you as well. All right. Thank you for your time on Fast Line Fast Track. You take care. Thank you. Finally, while at the Mid-America Trucking Show, I stopped by the Red Eye Radio booth to check out a performance by country singer-songwriter Tony Justice, who also is the founder of TruckerNation.org, a trucking industry advocacy group. During our interview, we were joined by a buddy of his, who also was there signing autographs. If you're a fan of the Duck Dynasty TV show, you'll certainly recognize this voice. 
Take a listen. Hey, it's Brent Adams with Fast Line Fast Track, and I'm back here at the uh, Red Eye Radio booth with Tony Justice. Man, he just put on a great set for the folks here. And Tony, welcome in to Fast Line Fast Track on the road at the show. Hey, thanks for having us. We're having a great time here in Louisville, 2019 Mini American Truck Show here. If, you, if you've never been, you guys got to come out. It's a great family event. Some of the nicest trucks you'll ever see uh, anywhere in America right here. And he sang some great, great country music, the kind we love, the traditional country songs. I shared one of his songs earlier with you guys on Facebook, and... Uh, uh, you're loving that song. He also mentioned he's got one that he's going to uh, uh, sing as a duet with Rhonda Vincent. Well, we're working we're on hoping, that. Hoping, hoping to. Hoping. Uh, I don't mean to break news, but uh, we'll put that out there. And uh, as you guys know, uh, on one of the previous episodes, we had our buddy Bobby Marquez, who just won an AWA award with uh, with Rhonda Vincent for a song that, uh, that that he did. So make sure you guys go back and check that out. And, man, look at this guy behind us. Hey, Mountain Man, come on in. Hey, look, who, look what we found here. It's Mountain Man. Hey, Duck Dynasty fame. Also got a great show of his own on uh, KMLB. KMLB, talk 540, though. So make sure uh, you check him out. Where, where can they find you guys if they're nationwide and want to stream you? Go to mountainmanshow.com or mountainman at mountainman duck dynasty and I'm on our live Facebook. And we're going to link him to truckernation.org too. Yeah, so we'll make sure we do there. that. So, right, Mountain Man, man what have you been up to these days, man? Since uh, we haven't been seeing you as much on the television, what are you up to? Fishing, doing events, doing the show. Uh, got some new stuff going, y'all. Top secret, though. I can't tell you everything about it. Man, well, we can't wait. If, there, if there's one guy ever that I wanted to see have a spinoff show up at Duck Dynasty, it was you, man. I, I just love everything you're into, love everything you stand for, family, faith. God, we love it, man. So we're so we're so blessed to have you here for the Mid America Trucking Show and to, to catch a couple minutes with you. Well, I appreciate it. What was your favorite part of doing that show? Free food. And uh, a little bit of my, no, just being able to film a good show, with a, have a good ending with a prayer, and a good clean show, and try to get it out to America that you can have a good show without a mess of cussing or profanity in it or yeah. stuff like that. Just a good, clean show. Well, go check out his show. Go check out his socials. And uh, and thank you guys so much. Again, it's Brent Adams, Fast Line Fast Track, here at the Mid-America Trucking Show. I'm going to talk Tony Justice into getting down to join us at the Ernest Tubb Record Shop yeah, we're to sing that. a few of those songs. So one of these days, we're going to get him down there. But guys, thank you so much. Yeah. Next up, a few weeks ago, I had the chance to sit down and talk with Lynn Justison, the technical sales specialist for Row Crop Fungicide with Arista Life Science. Lynn gave us some food for thought regarding the five stages of plant development as farmers prepare to head out into the field for the spring planting season. So tell us what goes into the five stages of plant development and what are some of the things that farmers are overlooking that they need to know about this stuff? Okay, yeah, great question. So as we look at that, we look at the, the Unlock 5 is what, was what we branded that as, and that Unlock 5 is five, you know, five stages of, crop, of the crop life cycle. That's not new. We've always had crop life cycles. It's always been there. We know that there's components to a, to a crop's life. Um, and the five we pinned out are establishment, architecture, photosynthesis, reproduction, and then sizing slash yield. 
So as you think about those, it, it, again, we all know that terminology. We all know that verbiage. The thing is, is what we did is we went back and we looked and we started to dig into what exactly is going on in that stage. What are the critical components? What are the watchouts? What can go wrong? And not only do we look at what's wrong or could go wrong there, but what could have happened before that could have influenced what's happening now and what in the future could we influence out of that crop life stage. So we went back, we dug through that, and we started digging into that. And you start piecing that together and we start applying our products across it. Well, now we have products listed all the way across it. But the interesting part is as we've dug into that, we found that you don't have to have all of them and you don't have to necessarily do all of them. You may be able to influence something at establishment and that will carry you all the way out to reproduction. So maybe we can skip some steps in the middle or maybe if we miss the establishment, we have to go architecture and then maybe sizing. So I, I think us kicking this off here at the Commodity Classic this year, in particular around the NCGA, this year's NCA, NCGA winner is 477 bushels, right? The national average this year on corn, according to USDA, is 176.6. The question I have, where'd that 301 bushels go? Where'd it happen? Where did it go? Did we, did we lose it? Are we adding yield? Or are we protecting yield? I like to look at this across that is here are things. Here's five stages you can look at individually to try and protect yield against that. Because we don't really add any yield to anything. The potential is somewhere north of 500, probably closer to 600 on corn. What are we doing that we're losing that? And how do we, what can we address in each individual stage to get there? To get to 300 bushel corn to 250 bushel corn there's a lot of things go right so then you have to start sorting to very specific minute things and start sorting things out that are different and start applying things specifically in that so what am i doing in establishment is something like a tapera tapera plus going to help us get a more uniform stand if we get another thousand plants per acre up per acre what does that do and not only if we do that and it does we do execute that just how we want What's that mean to the rest of the stages? All of a sudden, I've got to build a little different factory to get to that finish line at the end of the year. So as we look at that and we start diagnosing that, it's really trying to take and take a very simplistic look and look at things very, very finitely and break out those crops and get them to a very specific spot that we can start breaking out and trying to optimize yields within each one of you to get to the end. Maybe you can't, you're, maybe your ground won't produce 400 bushel, it, it, you know, and there's not many that do. But what can you do within your system to identify, and instead of this huge giant puzzle, we can take one little piece of it and start figuring out things there. And all of this is important because as you guys counsel customers all the time, and it says it right on your printed material, stronger plants mitigate stress. Absolutely, and that's that mitigation of stress is is. is is, perf is, is very, very key because the only commonality across all five of those stages is plant stress. There's some sort of a stress elicited in there that every time we stress it, we do something to knock yield off. And it doesn't matter whether it's corn, beans, wheat, sugar beets, any of those products. We're going to chip and we're going to knock little pieces off of that. And anything we can do to protect that and alleviate stress leads us to optimize yield at the end. You get excited about this stuff. I do. It's it's a very passionate, very passionate about it. absolutely. Uh, many nights laying awake listening, to th thinking about this stuff. Uh, it would it may shock you to know. Yes, laying up nights or up early in the morning reading about things, trying to figure things out. The the puzzle in the the puzzle in agriculture is is really what drives me. If they want to know more about what Arista is doing with Unlock Five, where can they go? 
Yeah, good question. So where we can go to find that information, there's really two ways. One, go to your local dealer or who your uh, um, your information source is. Um, ask them about Unlock 5 from Arista, or you can always go to the web and uh, go to arista.com, look it up. If you look up Unlock 5, Unlock 5 within the next two weeks, we'll also have a calculator where you can take and apply specific scenarios from your farm to it, and it can show you what the value of Unlock 5 could be to you on your farm. Excellent. Well, Lynn Justison, we sure do appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you, and have a great day. We plant corn in Iowa, spray soybeans in Illinois. We pull calves in Kansas, farrow hogs in Minnesota. We raise rice in Arkansas, rye in Canada, and wheat everywhere in between. We farm millions of acres across North America and build every piece of Case IH equipment. Built by farmers, for farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity. And now we head to the legendary Ernest Hub Records shop to spend some time with Taylor Lynn, the granddaughter of country music royalty Loretta Lynn. On Monday, April 1st, Loretta had her 87th birthday bash at Bridgestone Arena just down the street from the record shop. Taylor took viewers behind the scenes all night on Loretta's social media platforms. That Friday, she joined us in the record store's Loretta shop among the incredible Loretta memorabilia to talk about her Meemaw's legacy, her own career, and about a new album expected to be released around Mother's Day. Back at the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. And boy, we've got a really, really, really special guest here. This is a real treat for me. My friend Taylor Lynn. Hey. Taylor, we've, this is our second taping since the podcast has started here from this spot, the Ernest Tubb Record Shop. And we're back in actually the performance area, which is also the Loretta Lynn Shop, which is her precious Meemaw. Yes, so. how incredible does it look here? I did not realize that they would have all of her paintings. We've seen her do these paintings of the flowers that... I think she started doing those when she got her house in Hawaii with my grandfather. Uh -huh. And so we've been seeing these around our house forever. And so to see them in downtown Nashville, it's such an iconic place is crazy. It's a little bit living roomish yeah. in here, don't you think? Uh, it's really beautiful. I love it. Uh, you know, for about uh, four times every year, this is my office and this is Nirvana. Ah, man, you've got the setup, too. I mean, you is professional, Brent. Man, you is professional. That's how we bring it. Yeah, you got to. I come back again. Man, so uh, let's talk about uh, what you've got going on here. Uh, you're out touring a bit. Uh, you're touring, doing some dates with Trey Twitty, yeah. the uh, grandson of Conway. I should have brought Trey with me. Man. Why didn't we bring Trey? We'll, we'll get him back. Next time, we'll, we'll bring, come back. We'll, we'll get him back. Yeah, Trey and I are doing, that's Conway Twitty's grandson. He's uh, Michael Twitty's son, mm -hmm. Conway's son. How many times can I say son? Maybe four more. I don't know. But that, uh, we've got, gosh, I don't know how many dates this year. Last year, we did over 100 together. So mm -hmm. he is my duet partner. We're loving him. Something local that we have is July 6th at the Loretta Lynn Ranch. Mm -hmm. We do, Meemaw's asked us to step in and do the salute to Conway and Loretta there. And last year, we had a couple thousand people. I mean, it was amazing. Uh -huh. So we got fireworks, everything. So everybody needs to come to Loretta Lynn Ranch July 6th for show. Definitely, definitely get out there and check that out. Uh, uh, also, you've got some new music in the works. I do. We are heck, yeah, I'm not going to say H-E double hockey stick, so I'll <laughs> say we're heck bent <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a Mother's Day release. So the record's called For Mama. You can't get much countryer than that. I lost my mom um, unexpectedly uh, July the 8th. And so the record is totally dedicated to her, and that is supposed to come out on Mother's Day because we thought that would mm. just be 
super fitting and Meemaw talks in there. Both my children do some praying on the record. Awesome. And I wrote a few of the songs with Meemaw as well. So, and you Loretta, know, when I say Meemaw, I'm talking about Loretta Lynn, obviously. And that's one of the, uh, the, the things that I love about you is your transparency and your honesty, not, not just in your music, but you've gotten so involved in social media. Mm. And uh, I know I was kind of sitting at my desk back at the office in Kentucky uh, watching the interview you were doing with our friend Jessica Bray with uh, mm -hmm. Kentucky Country Music. Oh, I love her. Uh, you, you had Tim on there. And oh, you, my gosh. You guys bared your soul that day. Yeah, I think it's really important. It, it was so hard for me to get sober. Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict, and it was really hard for me to become a working member of my family again, mm -hmm. um, to be trusted with my sister's children and my brother's children. And it took a lot of work to become trustworthy again. And my family suffered in that. And to have a relationship with God that's real and not something that I just do at church. And it's, and then the grief of my mom, you know, just walking through all that stuff. And so I think my platform is very small, but I do have a one. Uh -huh. And so I don't think it would be um, doing the right thing if I didn't, if I wasn't raw and open and honest and shared about those things. And you know, Meemaw was like that too. And not just my aunts here today. I, our other grandmother was like that. We were always, our whole family, they're full of strong women that tell the truth and, and say it boldly. Uh -huh. And so that just comes naturally all the way around to me. Uh -huh. There's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah, yeah, because if you can just say who you are, then there's nothing to hide. There's nothing anyone could tell on me that I haven't already told on myself or you know, and marriage is hard, and I talk about that pretty openly, too. My husband and I are doing a, a series on Facebook um, where we come together and talk about marriage and talk about truth in that, and mm -hmm. it's crazy. Let's talk about farm life. Uh, you know, Fastline being a, uh, a player in the, in the ag industry, mm -hmm. um, you've got some new music coming up that, that talks about life on the farm. You live yeah, on a farm. I do. So my husband is from Seattle, lived in the city in Seattle, and I grew up, we were from a small town outside of Nashville called Franklin, but it was still mm -hmm. a town. It wasn't a farm yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, so I would go out to my grandmother's ranch, which is 60 miles west of Nashville, and I would go out there when I was growing up, and I honestly didn't like it. I didn't like being out in the middle of nowhere. I didn't like how quiet it was. It was, I'm very talk about the word fast that's a great word for me <laughs> too like I just like stuff around me all the time I could live upstairs of Ernest Hub record shop and be so happy yeah so when this land came available there was 30 acres outside the Loretta Lynn Ranch and I was on a jog one day and we were trying to figure out what our next step was my husband was working and killing himself at Amazon and we were trying to figure out what that next step looked like and so we can you have my phone? No, it's Facebook living. That's my three-year-old son, Scout. <laughs> so we had a little boy at the time that was two, and we just bought this 30-acre farm next to the Loretta Lynn Ranch. And that's where we've raised our boys. I have a three- and six-year-old son. And we are, we've had horses, and we've done cows and pigs and chickens. I can't seem to keep the chickens alive. Oh, God. I mean, the coyote situation. Uh. We had a donkey, and then the donkey ran away. I mean, we're terrible farmers, <laughs> but we're working on it. So we've been there for four years, and just recently we are 
starting to goat farm, uh-huh. which I'd never in a million years thought I would be a goat farmer. So wow. that is currently the farming that we're up to right now. So my husband's awesome at it. Uh-huh. I, I, our biggest fight in our marriage is that I don't spend enough time on the farm, like trying to farm and figure out how to plant and do that stuff. But I love the land and I, and it's so beautiful out there and I love to connect and re, you know relax and be away from all the chaos. It's wonderful, but it is, it's not an easy life. Farming is not an easy thing that mm-hmm. everybody can just pick up and decide to do. So hats off to all the farmers that are really making it happen out there. I mean, kudos to y'all. Just as you're talking about all this, I'm thinking about a farming reality show. Don't worry about any kind of reality show that I might be trying to get myself set up with, okay? Because <laughs> all my life I've been trying to get a reality show, but there's some... Yeah. I, you know, because I was watching... Uh, there's all these new magazines out with these couples that are moving out and they're doing this thing. And so yeah. I think a reality show about farming could be the way to go. Mm, we'll just stay in touch on that. Yeah, I'll let you know how that's going. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, you grew up around music, mm-hmm. but when was it that you really decided, hey, this might be for me, and this is something that I want to make a go at? Uh, I might blame my mom on this one, uh, always. So there was never anything else I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I always knew I'd be a musician, and she would take me out on the road to see Meemaw when I was really young, and so Meemaw's always taking me in, taking me under her wing. So I never wanted to be anything else but yeah. a musician. And I'm sure all of our listeners are, uh, will be interested in that. What was it like growing up and in, in having that sphere around you, that circle with a lot of recognizable people? When I was growing up and we were in Franklin, my mom and, and my other grandmother, Granny, I keep... I know this is a podcast so they can't mm-hmm. see me, but I keep pointing at my aunt that I grew up with. We grew up in the same home and when we were growing up I wasn't really around the Mm -hmm. fame of Meemaw Mm -hmm. I mean I would go out on the road and see Meemaw and I would have pieces of that Mm -hmm. but we lived in a small little town and I mostly was with them except when I would go in the summers and go spend a little time with her Mm -hmm. but once I turned um I don't know after my grandfather died I was still a teenager 19 or 20 that's when I moved in with Meemaw Mm -hmm. and started touring with her and we were by ourselves in a house in Nashville. And that's when, because my mom was really, um, and Angie too, my aunt. I wish y'all could see me pointing at her <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> it was very important that we never use that. Like I was, ne- I don't even know if any of my friends even knew that Loretta Lynn was our grandmother. I swear, even in Franklin, like anybody even knew that was a thing. And so we didn't even think it was cool growing up. Like we didn't go around talking about it because we didn't even think it was Angie still doesn't think it's cool. Um, (laughs) She said that is not true. So um, when I realized what, who Meemaw was and what it was, I never let go. So thank God they didn't let me be around it when I was young. Because immediately when I could be on the road and be a part of that, it was like, you know. A drug. I mean, I just couldn't get enough of it. And you've got a really special relationship with her. With I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, you know, as she gets older, it's hard. You know, it's harder, especially after losing my mom. It's And I'm sorry I'm talking about that so much today. I think we have been filming some stuff out mm-hmm. at the ranch. Uh-huh. 
And so they've asked us so many questions uh. lately about all this stuff. And Meemaw's getting older, and we had her birthday bash on. Here, let Aunt Angie help you, baby. Um, sorry, everybody that's on the podcast. I have my children here. They wanted to stay out of school today so they could come to Ernest Tub Record Shop and see their cousins. That's awesome. Um, just seeing Meemaw, she looked so beautiful, and she was having so much fun. But she's that's her 87th birthday. Yeah. So my other grandmother's getting older, and you just realize, like, life, it's in change, you know? Yeah. I mean, and so it's that reality is difficult i don't even know what the question was oh so me ma and i <laughs> yeah 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 we do have a super special relationship and um something funny talking about our special relationship dennis quaid now don't quote me on this i don't know if dennis quaid and tanya tucker are dating but i do know that tanya tucker was in dennis quaid's lap at the birthday bash <laughs> And they were doing a little hand-holding. I'm not going to get involved in that. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not our place, is it, Jason? My guitar player, we're like, we're not quoting anything. That's none of our business. But so Dennis Quaid, because Meemaw and Tanya are friends, has been around the family lately. Uh. And so when she was getting ready for her birthday bash, she was being kind of funny. She was like, where's Dennis? And I was like, yeah, where Dennis? That, where is Dennis? Because Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire, is like, hello. I mean, that is yeah. my favorite movie in the whole entire world. Forget that he married his 13-year-old cousin. I mean, that's just what we do in the South. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to marry my 13-year-old cousin because I'm already married, but I don't know. Jack? Just kidding. And so, <laughs> so, well, oh, so she goes, whole room full of people. They're filming everything she's doing. And she goes, Tyla, if Dennis comes in here, I'm serious, don't mess with him. And I said, I'm not going to mess with him. Why are you Why are you singling me out? I mean, Patsy, Peggy, the other cousins, everybody's sitting there. And she goes, because you're the only one that'll act up and do it. I know you will. <laughs> so she still knows me really well, and I still get in trouble all the time. So I was tuned in all night, uh, the, the Monday night of the birthday bash. Uh, she turned her socials over to you. And you, she lets me take those socials, doesn't she? You, you did an amazing job oh my gosh. taking everybody behind the scenes. Thank and, you. Uh, just, just a natural with it. Oh, man. I love, I mean, my goal is to be an influencer, like, you know, a social media influencer. So I can have more time with my kids. And singing is my passion, and that's where it all comes from. But, like, hosting and, and taking behind the scenes, I mean, all that stuff, you know, uh, with the sobriety and the grief, like all of it together, like that's my brand. And so I loved being able to be backstage and show everybody everything because I've gotten to know everybody from social media. I mean, if you're on it a lot, I mean, I know it's this crazy thing where everybody's like, oh, God, you live on Facebook. But I feel like I know so many of these people that log on, and I'm in a relationship with them. We do this um, – Barb and uh, Ronnie, we do this flash sale every mm -hmm. Tuesday. It's called Taste Flash Club. And I don't know how many members. We have about a 1,000, I think. And we talk to them every Tuesday for an hour and a half. And it's insane. And they buy stuff, and we ship stuff, and we give them stuff, and they give us stuff. And, you know, Barb is my – she's my family, but she started out as my assistant. Heck, she gets noticed at the post office now because of these mm -hmm. people on social media. I mean, it's not from – Singing at shows. Three-year-old likes to tear my purse apart. They've all got my money in their pocket, too. <laughs> I have a touch of ADHD, but I refuse to take medication. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying, guys? Like, there's no reason to be medicated. 
if you have ADHD. We tried that the one time, and Angie had to fly in from San Diego and come get me and take me back to rehab. Thank you, Jesus. This is six years ago, though, okay? Can we get a hallelujah on that? Yeah, yeah. Sophie, we'll talk about it all later. Man, and you've got... You've got your hand in so many different projects right now. You're so calm. How fun is that? <laughs> it is so fun. Yeah. yeah. Were you born this calm? Yes. Um, I would be so bored and just start sawing my hands off if I couldn't do. Like the kids running around right now and I'm talking to you and we're going to lunch and we're leaving for the road tomorrow. If And my husband's out on the farm and I need to get home and do the laundry. Like if it wasn't like that. What would life be? Yeah. I mean, I'd just be crying all the time, watching movies. I'd be so fat because I love to eat. So what are some of your wish list projects? <laughs> I like you. I'm not even working off You're that so anymore. funny. You're I, just so chill. <laughs> some of my wish list projects. Um, you know, I feel like I'm in a wish list project right now. The stuff I did with Meemaw for mm. that birthday bash is like, that's as big as it could probably ever get for me with with her being able to do that for her to trust me with her social media during something that big um there's no i mean i would what's my real name (laughs) who's asking me what my real name is jack my name's taylor lynn finger okay everyone (laughs) i guess that's what he means (laughs) <laughs> I used to spell it differently. When I was born, my name was Julie Ray Lynn uh, when my parents were married. Then they got divorced and she got remarried and they named me Taylor Vanette Greer. Uh, then when I got older, I just changed it to Taylor Lynn and I added a Y in there because my best friend, who's a graphic designer, said it looked better. Wishlist project. Um, you know, I would love to work with Jack White as far as, like, a record uh-huh. deal. Not, I mean, if Jack White wants to sing with me, I'll surely let him. Yeah. But I just mean, like, for him to be in charge of the artistic sure. side of what I'm doing. I, that's a wish list. Um, and just to be full-time touring and being able to balance it all. I don't have, like, a, oh, my God, I would die if I sang with such and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, let's make that happen. Thank you, Jack White. I know you're listening. Yeah. He's so sweet. He was my favorite one out of that entire night. I heard that from a lot of people. But you know what we figured out? He's a rock star. Yeah. So when he came on, you know, we're used to country music, and we love, I mean, that's what I'm going to listen to in my car. That's what I'm going to sing. But when Jack White came on, he goes, we're going to turn it up a couple notches, okay? And then he goes, did you love that part? Oh, man, he goes, have mercy on me. He may have blown out some hearing aids at that point. Oh, my God. I mean, it was amazing. Hey, it was great. Yeah. Should I have more wish list projects? I just want to get my record done. That's I'm working on this Rachel Hollis class. Have you ever heard of Rachel yeah, Hollis? Okay. For sure. So I have been taking these business and life courses and I am just trying <laughs> to my goal is just to get this record out by Mother's Day. So it's like to have a wish list on top of that is like just get the freaking record out. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like get that out and then then I'll move on to something else. Trying to stay focused, Brent. So who are you working with on the record? John Carter Cash is producing with oh, cool. Chuck Turner, mm-hmm. um, which is Johnny Cash's yeah. son. Um, and then Patsy and Meemaw are helping. Pro- Patsy is Loretta's daughter that produced all these records that you see up here at the Ernest Tubb thing. Wouldn't it be great? And the White Christmas Blue. And so they're producing. And um, God, I had so many musicians in there that I can't even go through the Ira Dean and who's oh, the yeah. guy that plays the steel with the time 
jumpers. Paul Williams is what I call him, but his name is something else. Franklin. Paul Franklin. Yeah. yeah, he was on it. It was cool. Jason Howard, we work together all the time. He's amazing. You should check out. He's You just Google him and you'll find him. He's fantastic. And he's going to be singing with me and playing with me later. And he tours with me everywhere. He won't let me tour with him, but that's fine. Well, maybe Paul Williams will show up at some point, too. I think his name's Paul Franklin. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, I call yeah. him Paul Williams. Even when I met him that day, I kept calling you know, Paul, I mean, we'll go over there and talk to him. Who knows what that might turn up? I mean, a lot of people like that guitar player with the long hair, Justin um, Justin Johnson. Yeah, Justin Johnson. With long hair yeah. and a lot he's of rings. Been, he's been doing a lot with uh, John Carter Cash yeah, and that's with him. Anna Christina. Yeah, 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 yeah that's he's him. He's fabulous. He's fantastic. And just as an aside, uh, you know, and we'll keep this in the podcast, uh, that's another guy. If you get a chance to go down the rabbit trail on YouTube, Start uh, Googling uh, Justin Johnson videos. And, People and love that dude. My God. He, I mean, he's a phenom. Well, he was great. I'm, the music that we did was pretty, like, basic. You know, sure. like, I mean, he couldn't, like, rip it up too much yeah. on my stuff. But, yeah, he's... That was one person that people, when they were watching the social media, was like, is that Justin Johnson? Yeah. I was like, so then I was like, hey, are you famous? Like, yeah, he's out there making his own guitars. He's got the, the, the first one I saw was the one he, he crafted out of a shovel, the three-string three oh, guitar wow. out of a shovel. Well, he and, and his wife amazing. are very artsy, and like I, they are just both so talented, so I can see that. They're, they were super sweet. Yeah, ex yeah. excellent, excellent. Oh, Shelly Fairchild. Who is my girl, hands down. You need to get her in here. Yeah. I love her so much. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Shelly Fairchild. Uh -huh. She came on, and she did Bless Her Heart as a duet because I just wasn't liking it. So she did a bunch of the background vocals, so she was awesome. I love her. You need to get Shelly Fairchild on here, and you need to keep that in the podcast. We'll do it. Shelly Fairchild. Yes. Noted. We're playing June 1st at Broken Spoke. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing, um, there's something at the Wild Horse, June the six or i don't know just check it out taylorlynn.com excellent so, so i'll be yeah. in nashville a bunch during cma week okay yes the eighth is douglas corner but i just and then we have to do the fourth at third and lindsley with shelly fairchild and keith anderson and uh who else is on there there's a bunch of like cool people on there but then J june the sixth now is at wild horse saloon and that's going to be called love and acceptance mm -hmm. love and acceptance so Make sure you note that. And again, TaylorLynn.com. Yes. Make sure you check out all her socials. She's on Instagram. There you have to come see me on Instagram. Taylor Lynn Finger. I mean, I just really would love some more followers on Instagram, Brent. Yeah, that's where we're at these days. That's where everybody is. Yeah. I mean, we're on Facebook right now. Also, where we're at, make sure you check out the, uh, the Fast Line Fast Track playlist on Spotify. We've got some of Taylor's music on there. Didn't even know that, did you? I think you told me that, it but, you know, I just reread your... <laughs> Uh, thing yesterday. Uh, and one of the one of the fun things on there that, that we put on there is the conversation you had Aww. with your uh, about honky tonk. Giving girl. me a hard time about the way I say because I said honky tonk to country. Yeah. She goes, "Do you go around saying honky tonk?" <laughs> well, I don't say honky tonk, so I. Yeah. Don't. And I don't know why, but even in the shuffle, we've got about 150 songs on there. But that one keeps coming up. And, oh, I bet that's uh, annoying. No, I listen to it. I listen to it every time, and every time I. Crack oh my it, gosh, it's, it's I love great. it. I can't listen to most of that stuff yeah uh -huh. do you like listening to i mean is it hard for you to listen back to your I own stuff i hate listening to my own stuff mm -hmm. that might be a sign <laughs> i need to just be host uh, no I, I mean it depends on what kind of song i'm singing or what it is i mean you know how it is probably when you're doing these like it just really depends on i can tell what mood i was in if i knew how to do it i mean it just 
Yeah. It's the confidence I'm having when I'm doing it. Yeah. I never yeah. hate watching myself back on um, this stuff. Yeah, for so, sure. So how cool is it to sit here when you come in here and look at all these pictures around here and see the memories of the career that uh, Loretta had? It's crazy, you know, like I told you when I went out, like I told you, Brent, yeah. uh, when I went out on the road with her when I was a teenager and started seeing who she truly was and the impact that she's had on not just country music, but all music and also women, especially women. And she's not someone that turns the men off either. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I love being able to walk in here. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's little things like this, like her having a store in Ernest's Tub that's yeah. been such an iconic place for so long. Yeah. To see her artwork has really thrown me off more than anything else in here because that's stuff that we have in the living room. Yeah. You know, so she's just um, at that birthday bash seeing Margot Price wrote on Instagram, who my Margot Price is a freaking doll. Yeah. She wrote on uh Instagram, she said, I, when I was homeless in 2004, mm -hmm. I was living in Colorado out of my car or whatever yeah. it was, she said, and that she would sing Portland, Oregon along with Jack White in her car, and then she got to sing it on the birthday bash. And, like, just those little things. Or Brandy Carlisle talking about loving her since she was five. Like, it just all this insane... Yeah. The way that she's impacted so many people, but the way that they show back up for her, too, is yeah. beautiful. Uh, God crosses those paths for a reason. Yeah, no doubt. No so, doubt. Well, I tell you, we're going to wrap it up here, but we want to thank Taylor Lynn so much for joining us on Fast Line, Fast Track. and Everybody at Ernest Hub is so nice. Oh, yeah. You, do you edit this, or you just throw it out there? I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I usually edit it, but this is so much It's kind of fun, I mean, right? I mean, it gets kind of boring if you edit everything, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, we, the I kids just, went to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, as long as I don't have to wipe any butts while I'm here, I feel like we're doing pretty good, guys. Thank you, Jason. All right, we're going to sing, yes? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys get mic'd up, and we'll let you sing. But I, I thank you so much for thank taking the time to do this. Thank you. This is super fun, dude. And I hope uh, hope it's the first of many. Yes, Trey and I are going to come back, and then Shelly and I are doing something called Honky Tonk Circus. Yeah. So we'll come back, too. Yeah, yeah. awesome. You'll super. love it. We're amazing. Uh, I love it. So we'll let you get mic'd up, but thank right, you babe. so, so much. Thank you. Hey, y'all. My name is Taylor Lynn, and I'm with my friend Jason Howard. And we are going to sing a song that I wrote with Lori McKenna and Liz Rose. And I wrote this song for my grandmother, Loretta Lynn. My mother passed away unexpectedly uh, July the 8th, 2018. And on that night, she walked into our dressing room. And my duet partner, Trey Twitty, she walked in and he said, he had never seen her. And he goes, Oh, so you're the blue in her eyes. And she came out and told me about that and cried. So this has sort of become a love song to my mother, to my grandmother, and to my other grandmother, and just the women that raised me. She was just a long gone Cinderella fairy tale dream, but I was always hers. She was always mine in the shadow of her days gone by. She says all the time we were cut from the same cloth. Girlfriend. 
back of her hand She taught me how to be a woman And love my man She said take care of your family Learn to farm the land She put a song in my soul And the Lord in my life She's strong in my heart She's the blue She's the blue in She saved my life, she says I saved hers too She opens the door like only she can do And I'm stepping on through everybody my three-year-old um angie my aunt on the way over here was like what are you gonna do with the kids if i'm not there in time i'm like this is what they do um oh gosh the adhd again y'all this is a song that i co-wrote with my grandmother loretta lynn hi y'all and mark normore and it's a fast little ditty we started writing this song 20 years ago when i moved in with my grandmother and i would come in late at night and she would say you are a wild Mustang. So we finished it up for this record, and it goes something like this. She was hotter than the July asphalt. That summer she turned 16. No one thing to blame for that little thing that tore up Tennessee. All the little boys were scheming about the pleasure she could bring. But no one could catch her cows She was faster than a hurricane with wings She's a wild Mustang And she can't be tamed She don't need nobody tugging at her reins She's thundering when she's running She's a wild Mustang oh! 
a dancing boot child when she needs to paint the town. But don't pay her no mind when them neon signs come crashing to the ground. She might break some hearts and close down the bars, and by the time she gets half done, well, she's as free as a tumbleweed that pony was born to run. She's a wild mustang, and she can't be tamed. She don't need nobody tugging at her rein. She's thunder when she's running. She's a wild mustang. Yeah. Mr. Jason Howard. Ooh, she's a wild. She's a wild Mustang. Woo! Thank you. Okay, this is our last one. We're going to do a little You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. But he's in love with me. Well, I don't know where that leads you. Oh, but I know where I stand. And you ain't woman enough to take my man. We thank you for joining us on this episode of Fast Line Fast Track presented by Case IH. Remember, if it has the name Case IH on it, it was built by farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity. 
Be sure to join us for the next episode when we bring you more news and insights from the agricultural industry, including a talk about planters with Case IH Planner Marketing Manager Tony McClellan. We'll also head back to the Ernest Tubb Record Shop in Nashville for music from longtime Grand Ole Opry house band member Tim Atwood. Be sure to follow Fastline Fast Track on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest, and add our Spotify playlist to your library for music from past, current, and upcoming guests. Until next time, it's Brent Adams. Y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fastline Fast Track, presented by Fastline Media Group. To learn more about Fastline's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastlineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at brent.adams at fastline.com.